Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. My name is Shay Ryan Douglas, and in this series, we explore community connection, optimal human potential, and transformational collective growth through inspiring stories and conversations with a diverse range of people who are working towards positive change in the world. This is really exciting, and I hope you enjoy this episode. To get the full video versions of all the interviews on this podcast, please visit earthheroestv.com and I'd greatly appreciate it if you took the time to like, share and subscribe. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode uh, this week. My name is Shay Ryan Douglas from the Earth Heroes TV platform and we're back with Tiago from Syntropic Solutions. we got Yossi joining in again in with us again and also special guest jay jackson field technician and working with centropic solutions we're really excited because in the last couple of weeks just to do a little recap we've explored topics around what is syntropy where did it start where did it come from we've looked at last week a really great example of uh, syntropy in action with the lightning ridge project which is phenomenal to see that this can be taken to um, any environment and landscape and we can see plants edible plants thrive and this week we're going to explore another project that is extremely exciting here in far north queensland a research project that is looking at how we can take these principles these solutions that are available and implement them on a large scale so if we look at um, large industrial scale um, confectionery items that could be produced in a way that is regenerating the landscape, regenerating the soil and the earth, and also providing uh, huge produce for many different people to enjoy. So uh, Jay Jackson, field technician for this project, would you like to just uh, share a little bit? Um, and just before, and just after Jay shares on what this, why this project is so exciting, we're going to show you a little short snippet video that is going to highlight um, on the, on the ground, what, impact this project will have for the future so jay tell us a little bit about this project please great thanks shay and uh yeah good to be here with everybody i always get excited talking about syntropics and especially <laughs> growing chocolate so yeah uh this is this is a really innovative project in in a sense uh but it's also groundbreaking in that that we have you know such a large company you know and Mars Sustainable Solutions that are that are investing, you know, in being uh, leaders of sustainable solutions to what we're experiencing in our environmental agricultural sectors, and uh, some of those things are, you know, soil degradation, nutrient loss, nutrient runoff, um, and that and that flow and effect affecting our waterways uh, and into the oceans. So. This project that we're working on is a is a research project for a trial of growing cocoa in a syntropic system, also known as agroforestry um, or agroecology, um, and that is growing the trees in in more like a forest environment in which most fruit trees uh, would would typically thrive in in a natural setting so the 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 project on a whole from mass sustainable solution actually focuses on three main areas which is around um, you know protecting the reef in in tropical waters and and the uh, soil life 
and also uh, carbon sequestration in the soil, as well as enhancing pollination. And so our, our third of, of that is looking at soil health, um, diversifying the income for farmers and also improving the livelihoods and the environment that supports the cacao trees. And, and that would, would typically be in a conventional sense, often a, a, a very chemical based approach. So the reason why I get so excited and so happy, you know, to be, to be working on this, uh, especially now in this time is, is how we can move away from, from these chemicals or from what we know is, is damaging our soils and waterways and move towards a more sustainable regenerative future. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Jay. Is there anything you want to share, Tiago, before we show the film? A short, short video? Uh, no, let's show the video first and then, um, and then we talk a little bit more how this project came to us and uh, where are we going with it. Hey guys, my name is Jay Jackson and I'm excited to introduce to you a new right, synthetic project that's looking at the effects of... Alright, are you getting sound for your side? We're getting sound, but it's um, it's kind of uh, pausing it. Growing in an agroecological system versus a monoculture system. So we'll be looking at particular fruit trees and how they perform when they're grown in a polyculture or in a syntropic system with multiple species that create the biomass and the ecology for those trees to grow in versus trees that are grown on their own in, in what we refer to as typical monoculture system. So this is a research project at JCU University on far north Queensland. And the importance of that is we've been spending so much time on research on how to kill things, how to kill insects, how to kill grass, how to kill weeds, how to kill and there is not much research done on how every element can contribute, how every plant or every insect, every microlife in the soil can add onto the macro system. In this process of being, doing or making it, energy accumulates and syntropy is the opposite of entropy where systems moves from complex to simple. So in syntropy, we understand that every element or every part of the system is here to contribute and enhance the energy accumulation. And if we are accumulating it, we are moving towards abundance. Syntropic systems as an agroforestry has a great potential to produce more than monoculture. In Brazil, we had cocoa recordings of agroforest systems growing three times more cocoa than monoculture, whereas it is more resistant to plagues and disease, so it's much more safe for farmers growing cocoa throughout the world. They're not only just plants, they are plants that provide food for insects, food for humans, food for uh, wild animals, birds, and here we're trying to replicate the dynamics of the forest following the natural succession and the stratification. 
I'll be recording every step of the way, the tree growth, the comparison rates, the soil fertility, and collecting that information and data and processing that to give us evidence of what really is better and what is going to be more sustainable or more regenerative in the long term to ensure food security, but also our soil health and, and that of the industry around agriculture and food production in our bioregion here in North Queensland. There you have it, folks. I hope that wasn't uh, too kind of cutting in and out, but if it was, you can watch the full video from your own um, home. Just click on the link in the comments uh, below and you can see it in full high def quality. Otherwise, I just wanted to introduce Tiago into this project who's been um, leading it. It's also the co-founder of Symtropic Solutions and really curious to explore the significance of this project and what um, implication this has for not just this possibility of syntropy being applied on a larger scale, but also for the way that we do agriculture as a whole across um, the world. So why is this so important, Tiago? Uh, first of all, thank you guys uh, for the opportunity again. It's nice to show some of the work that we've been doing and this specific job that we are uh, working with Mars. It's amazing. Uh, in many aspects, uh, we have uh, on this research project, the idea is to uh, take into account uh, how the biodiversity, how um, the resilience, how every element uh, within the forest uh, can actually benefit the system as a whole. So the research, as Jay said at the beginning, the research will be uh, biodiversity, uh, resilience, uh, resilience for for each plant in the system uh, would be soil biodiversity, um, financial viability, and Mars as being one of the biggest chocolate buyers in the world. They buy chocolate from one over a million farmers around the world, from farmers with one hectare to farmers with thousands of hectares. And uh, most of the cocoa plantations that we see nowadays, they are all monoculture based where plants are growing isolated. Uh, some of them, they have a little bit of canopy, but most of the management is done by inputs. So, yeah, sprays and fertilizers and more sprays, more fertilizer. And when um, I got approached by Mars, um, it was so good to have the opportunity to work with such a big company and, and see the impact that the job that we're going to do, the research that will be done with scientists at the university that will show the benefits of growing plants where they're supposed to be growing within the forest ecosystem and um yeah so as we as uh, some people know where a lot of people might know syntropic farming started with ernest gutch and his main crop at his farm is cocoa and when you see his farm it looks like a huge forest and it's a highly productive forest it's not like as we see most of the cocoa farms around the world yeah 
Very good. Thank you, Shane, Tiago. I'd love to ask you um, a question, Tiago. Yeah, yes, please, Yossi. Yeah, just like, you know, when we think of syntropic farming, we th um, there is obviously a lot of inputs that are needed, you know, to create these systems of resilience and abundance. So how does a company like Mars, if it's going to implement some of these principles, there's obviously probably going to be more upfront costs. So, you know, how, how does that pay off in financial terms or like in practical terms for them um, on, on these farms um, in the way of financial viability? So basically, um, when I got, first got approached by them, uh, the, uh, the concern for the company was that a lot of the farmers who are producing at the moment, they are losing their crops uh, for, for mm. disease and pests. So there is a huge concern because the company's demand for cocoa is increasing. More and more people are buying cho chocolate. And the uh, uh, farmers themselves, they, they production costs are increasing too. So the price is not increasing. But the production price, the production price uh, cost, the production cost is increasing. So it means that some of the farmers are giving up on cocoa. So they are trying to show here because they spend a lot of time and money on research. But most of the research is spent on monoculture. It is very little research uh, on um, diversity, and also for these farmers, they by having different crops growing with cocoa. They don't rely 100% only on cocoa price. So if some years they make a little bit less uh, on cocoa, and they can sell papaya at the beginning of the, 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 the beginning of the system, they are we are planting a lot of hardwood timber there too. So eventually, in 15, 20, 30 years, they can go in prune the system and harvest the hardwood timber. Definitely, there is a higher cost on the implementation. But uh, I can tell you that the ongoing costs or, uh, and the benefits on the health of the farmer themselves will be hugely uh, huge, you know. So that's what, how I see that the cost will match. So at the beginning, the cost is high. But as we go, uh, the cost will decrease because you need less and less input. And yeah that that's uh, that's what i think that the system will do and uh, jay um i remember when we implemented it uh, that soil that we did that's what most of the farms now are they, uh, that's how we encounter most of the farms nowadays uh tell us a little bit about the soil how was the process when we first got there <laughs> yeah yeah uh interesting enough actually the plot that had already been uh used previously uh yeah is was quite degraded uh the area is sort of in the foothills of where we are here in cairns um of of the range and the the university had had basically um you know acquired the land and when land gets cleared and, and left um, deforested for a period of time, it loses a lot of its organic matter, it loses a lot of that life. And, and the, the heavy rains that we have and the big rain events, you know, can, can compact soils. And 
of course, machinery then coming across the soil and uh, putting the putting the plot in, uh, you know, gave us a, a pretty hard a pretty hard uh, substrate to work with, um, and and quite lifeless. Yeah, so uh, to 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 get to um, you know a, a friable uh, state, you know, we 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 bring in machines, and so. And as Yossi said, you know there there is there is upfront costs, and and like with with any uh, significant agricultural project, you know sort of what you put in is what you get out in a sense. And and I love how Tiago refers to the inputs, you know those big inputs at the start that that sort of uh, taper down, um, and it's almost as if like the 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 outputs increase, you know, as um, you know as the system as the system life um centripizes centripizes you know it's, it's like the 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 more complexity the more life the more growth the more fertility uh the more abundance you know happens in these systems and like we know that we we've seen this and it's it's so good now to be able to share this with with such a large company mm. yeah yeah so what just I'm comes not... to me as you're saying is sorry as, as you're saying this is um since we're also like we're building soil right we're building um abundant complex soil which can support you know life it can support complex life and like for me that's a goal like to to build black rich soil where you can really plant anything and have quite be quite confident that you'll get an abundance um that's you know becoming quite rare in the world to have this this rich well, everyone yeah, there. Yeah. Can you grow? The, the, the thing, the thing is, I see. Uh, we because we planted Everything's, the uh, cocoa. Yeah. Because we planted the cocoa, we planted the hardwood timber for the long run as well for the long term. But we also planted pineapples to mm -hmm. start with. We planted papayas. We planted uh, even on the first couple of months. We have beans coming up, and uh, so. It will give the farmer a source of income mm -hmm. on the first few years that actually in monoculture, you, they don't have access to this source of income when they first start. So definitely it is, uh, uh, it's, as you said, it's more complex. This complexity will hold more life, but also will generate more income uh, in, 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 through the whole process as well. Hmm. as we saw on that clip yeah. there and then i like to feel like how rich soil is yeah sorry go ahead yeah. i think there's a little delay there sorry guys <laughs> uh we saw on the clip uh, uh jeremy was holding a little plant you know and things were being put in tiago said you know we planted a variety of species and in a in a typical in a typical conventional or a monoculture system you know we have we have rows and rows of one species and that one species has it has a preference it has like a dietary requirements you know and and if uh if we all went to the buffet and and our and our favorite dish was the salad uh you know we would we would eat up that salad probably pretty quickly you know and and maybe the the deep fried stuff wouldn't wouldn't get touched as much whereas 
in in a in a syntropic system with that diversity and and complexities you know we have a variety of tastes almost and those species all uh interchange uh with with their preferences so we're we're also you know leveling the playing field in in a way in, in by diversifying what we put on there is also diversifying what's coming out of the soil and so some of those species that that really act to serve the soil more than others in their in their pruning and the, the the mulching of the soil you know give back to the soil as well not everything is is harvested uh, for for food but everything has a purpose and everything has a place and i've uh, i've got a little clip here guys uh tiago uh, you've seen it um it's just a 20 seconds from uh the recent update of the site and should be able to bring that up and i'll uh i'll give you a look there uh, da, 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 da. And so we okay. planted that like uh, over just over a month ago and the it's beautiful to see that nothing died you know like the everything is alive we haven't lost one plant and uh, to start with we started with um mung beans so we should be able to harvest uh, some mung beans in the next couple of months yeah that looks good man yossi and i we did a lot of studies on um not only on coco because he, he yossi is in new zealand and we, we he was going to go to bali to implement a system there but also we studied a lot about coffee and both of those plants, they occupy a very important place in the system. That's the understory of the forest. So if we we understand the importance of having these long-term plants understory, it's so important for the system because any system needs to have a structure. Systems without structure, they collapse. And when you see in nature, most of the thriving uh patches of forest they are very dense at the bottom and very low density on the top so having cocoa or coffee underneath it's so good to keep more moisture in the system to keep more water flowing keep more nutrient cycling in the system and those plants they drop these juice leaves every year that fill the the ground with organic matter and yeah and that's uh, just some of the benefits of putting the plants where they're supposed to be and you also through the studies that we did together um anything that comes because you are now retrofitting a system in new zealand <laughs> that were missing some of those plants uh anything that comes to your mind that you'd like to share with us oh just that it's so much easier to these plants that you've planted from the beginning and um yeah having this idea of having density at the bottom layer and uh, how you have really this thermodynamic energy which is you know pulling um you know water and stuff down to the ground and um it's it's so nice to then work amongst your trees and amongst your system where you can feel yeah you can feel kind of the forest emerging and the life emerging yeah so uh now we, we planted at um at this project at jcu university you see we planted 
like long-term trees that some of them will not stay but they will we planted like from casuarinas to different types of eucalyptus and african mahogany so there are trees every 20 30 centimeters you know and uh, with every cassava, every meter, we put a bunch of native seeds and fast-growing plants that will grow uh, after the cassava so that we can avoid the weeding part that a lot of the farmers, when they first start the crops, um, when, when they first start the crops, they have to always go back there and do weeding to keep the weeds away from the base of the plants. And because we plant it so dense, we don't have that problem. Definitely, we do selective pruning instead of selective weeding. And yeah, and um, we also did a study for one of the crocodile farms um, on Northern Territory here as well, where the main reason is not only to do reforestation, but the main reason of uh, setting up these 300 hectares is to offload the water full of nutrients that comes out of the crocodile tanks so when you see these big companies one thing that i'd like to point here and even ask a question for you guys here to see these big companies looking for sustainable solutions or regenerative solutions it is so good that for for the future of agriculture or the future of food production because if you see the big players changing their mind um but I don't even know what's the main reason behind they wanting to apply different solutions for the crops. They give us hope, doesn't it? Uh, well, I would like to uh, take your uh, words on, on that. Any of you guys? Yeah, I've just got, managed to bring up the... The little clip there okay we can see a little papaya papaya there the eucalyptus the pineapples as you mentioned there's a cassava in there the bean seeds banana a little bit of bug on that banana and another little papaya there just springing back after um in the ground and that tree there's also got uh Da, 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 the avocado and mango along that row as well so it's yeah it's coming along you know even in just a short time yes it's so good to see huh but uh, yeah I'll, b before we close this because normally we try to keep the video 20 to 30 minutes so before we close i'd like to hear from you guys what are your thoughts uh, to see big corporations like mars and um uh, and few others that we are working with uh with the syntropic solutions they approaching us for more sustainable solutions or more regenerative solutions. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, I think I'm going to make this my catch line. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I coming into permaculture, you know, over a decade ago, I could see that that need, and I really relate to you know the elders or, or my teachers in permaculture you know, that have, that have almost anticipated, you know, the need for system change. And over the years, seeing how permaculture has has spread and grown, and then to have syntropics as, as almost something that had been happening alongside it from a different part of the earth, 
you know, you know, come in, come into being as as a really stable, strong, sure, and proven way to grow a, a sustainable and regenerative uh, food production. I, I'm, I'm, you know, almost uh, un, undoubting that that more and more businesses and organisations will will look to you know syntropic styles of of food production and and understanding permaculture as as a way to design these systems and how we can not only meet those those economic the economic viability um, from from farms and and maintain those yields but also the environmental viability and ensure that that the soils that we're using the ground that we walk and and our country that we that we live on and share will will be passed on to the next generation in in a good way which unfortunately you know there's a lot of reports in australia of a lot of young people are really struggling with the concept to to carry on the family farm and and in in my personal experience it's uh rising input costs uh, con control of the market and and the the ability for for farmers to actually earn economic return because of the the way that the market the food transportation and dis distribution systems uh, are set up and and you know worst of all the soil degradation the 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 food now when when tested you know it doesn't have the same levels of nutrients in it that it did 30, 40 years ago because the soil itself doesn't hold those minerals, nutrients and, and trace elements that that really bring out, you know, that, that full buffet of availability uh, in, in what soil has to offer and what is naturally occurring in, in our fruits and vegetables. And so by by large corporations seeing this as not only you know what it does for the environment and also the livelihoods of those people that are doing it but they can also then create that change and be seen as leaders and and be seen as the ones that are uh, have the influence and affluence to create this change that's that's so needed on the earth now with with everything that's going on <laughs> How important it is to to ensure that our food is is healthy and um, as available to as many people as possible. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts, Yossi, on these big corporations taking the taking the lead on change? You know, like moving towards more sustainability. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think like what you said, uh, Tiago, there's probably all sorts of different reasons why they're looking at different options. Um, and what comes to me is uh, responding to consumer demand, um, certain markets, certain demographics, you know, starting to question and, you know, where their food is coming from. Um, um, I think, like you said, you know, with this example with Mars and their cacao plantation suffering, and perhaps their farmers suffering and actually needing to come up with practical, viable solutions. Whether it is a financial incentive or whatever other incentive, um, 
the fact that they're having, you know, they're almost having to use the basic principles of nature to rectify um, their financial situation, <laughs> I think is great. And, the, and we will all learn together through that understanding. And um, yeah, you know, the more companies adopting these practices, you know, the more consciousness it brings into those companies, into those employees and employers and bosses and to all the consumers. Yes, um, to everyone. Makes sense. So I, I think that that was great uh, to hear you from you guys. And uh, I think I've been approached by um, governments, uh, big corporations, and I can definitely see the change on the horizon, you know, and uh, a lot of individuals as well, people who um, are taking up uh, family farms, they just don't want to grow on the normal way where the conventional way where farmers used to grow food. So they are looking for different solutions. And um, because of COVID, we cannot travel a lot and do the on-site consultations. We've been running this, um, this mentorship program where it's a group uh, meeting on a weekly basis where people can ask questions and implement the system so the whole program will be, we talk the theory, we get to the practical side, we get each one to implement systems on their own capacity, small if they have a small backyard or big if they want to go for hectares of it. And then they share here the experience over time and everyone gets to learn together. So there, it's good to see big corporations and also see uh, uh, enthusiasts, farming enthusiasts, or hobby farmers, or uh, farmers in general. Everyone wants to, to whoever wants to learn. We are here to, to, to show, to share the learnings. Because each farm will have their own challenge, you know, they have their own, um, uh, how can I say, their own context. And we are here to share our learnings, uh, systems that we implemented from tropical to temperate, uh, semi-arid to subtropical. And here we got, just on this video, North Queensland, right in the tropics, we got Yossi in New Zealand, <laughs> where it's subtropical, but it's a little bit temperate subtropical and I am here on the subtropic as well all of us we've been working with different projects um, uh, all over the world um, we were I worked with Jay uh, on a project in Vanuatu as well where he came in first did a little bit of the design and uh, for a community there and then we came in and implemented the season for this indigenous community there Yossi and I we worked on uh, this uh, eco village on on the northern rivers here and a lot of learnings that we'd love to share with everyone and um to close this uh, we don't want to extend that uh, you guys would like to say anything before finish today thanks tiago yeah always always a pleasure uh working with you brother and you know let let this business you know this company 
uh, that is that is taking this on, you know, be be the first of many. And the the projects that are on the board there are uh, are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Jay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for coming, buddy. And uh, let's yes. do more of these. I love these bouncing ideas, and we can share to everyone that once they don't, they are not where we are, but they can learn a little bit what we learned from our experience. And Yossi, yeah. anything that you want to say? Um, uh, no, feel no good. Yeah, let's grow food and make forests. Let's grow food and plant forests. Yeah. Yossi's been implementing a system there, man. We can yeah. see him. It's like he's going uh, energy level now <laughs> after being on a farm all day. It's taking taking up on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you, Shay, for having us. Um, uh, I love your work, buddy. I love um, uh, what you do. And thank you guys for joining me today. And thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Amazing. See you soon. Cheers, yeah. guys. Big shout out to Earth Heroes TV. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this series. And if you'd like to listen to the full episode and get more conscious content online, tune into our online video platform at earthheroestv.com. Hope you have a great day, guys, and a huge love from me. And see you next time.